Welcome to Rants About Humanity, a podcast where we interview guest experts with passionate opinions about important topics that don't get enough attention. Raw, unfiltered, thought-provoking perspectives with no censorship. With your host, Philip Van Houta. Welcome everyone to the Rants About Humanity podcast. Today I have Emmanuel Imana, co-founder of the Future X ecosystem, a project created to elevate human consciousness. Welcome on the podcast, Emmanuel. I still remember that we met like five years ago at the Teal Swan event when you had the Pettis attacks and then we were able to connect. So lovely after five years to connect with you. And first of all, congratulations on your engagement, man. Thank you very much. I appreciate that, man. It's a, it's a, it's a pleasure. That's the next step of my life and I'm super grateful. Thank you very much. Tell me a bit about your journey, like the last five years or about the last year during these COVID times. We catched up a little, you know, it's like super inspiring to see uh, how you evolved the last five years. Yes. Uh, so basically, like, um, you know, so many the last five years, uh, you know, I remember when we met actually was um, was um, at um, this one um, event in Paris. And at that time, you know, as I was telling you, I was on my journey, you know, um, my spiritual journey, which was actually um, was born out of the emotional pain actually that I was feeling, you know, based on the on my history of the trauma that I had, because originally I'm originally from Rwanda. And as you know, you know, I was there doing the genocide in 1994. My entire journey was actually to find peace inside of me due to that trauma that I've experienced. And that moment, you know, was uh, was a part of my own journey to to bring that peace inside of me. And since that moment, I was able not only to, to get the knowledge, but also to integrate that knowledge, which has allowed me to bring that peace inside of me. And when I was finally... Could you first lying, maybe explain how much it impacted you on a spiritual, emotional level to kind of show people the journey where you come from and how you worked on it and evolved? Yes, yes, yes. So basically, from what I understood in my own journey is that, you know, when emotionally, you know, you're, you're broken, you know, and mm-hmm. which, which, which is what I've been going through, definitely is kind of like challenging to manifest your reality because one aspect which creates your reality is, is the, the emotional background of yours, either in your conscious or in your subconscious, most of it in your subconscious. And as long as you haven't grasped and understood that aspect of yourself, those emotional trauma, it's actually challenging to move forward in your life because it's your subconscious which is guiding your life. And when I was able to not only stop going away from my emotional wounds, but mm-hmm. to face them, to listen to them and not to reject them, but to integrate them. So I accept that, that this is part of me and this is who I am and not being a victim of this, but I transform it as the, as the alchemist, which will transform, you know, anything into gold. This is exactly what I have done into my life. So, but it requires a lot of courage, a lot of, because it is challenging and not everybody's being able to do that. But when you have the courage to actually face the wave, the emotional wave inside of you, you can actually master everything into your life. They say that the man who has mastered himself can, can master everything. And that was my process. This is why it was so important for me that I started with the base ground of the emotional aspect because it's like, a, it's like a tree, you know, and the emotional aspect inside of you is the roots of the tree. And this is why it was so important for me to master that, first of all. Some people might find it confusing to say, to hear you say, I'm not a victim of it or I'm not a victim anymore. But on the other hand, you said, like, I want to integrate those emotions. I want to deal with it. So how can you not be a victim, but still feel how much it impacted you? Yes, that's a good question. The thing is that, you know, you, can, you cannot change actually what 
has happened to you in your life. Like I was talking about the emotional trauma that I live, which was a genocide. And maybe there are some listeners out there who have lived some other kind of trauma in their life. And it's not something that you can actually change, but, but what you can change and what you can impact is how you react to that. And as I say, you know, there's different types of people. Some people will say, you know, the reason why I'm like this is because something like this happened to me in the past. And you let actually that, that event control your life or you take control of that event, how you reacted. And for me, I started to, to look at it as something, how can I use what has happened to me to benefit my life, you know? How can this be beneficial? And I remember the whole process I've done mm-hmm. uh, was starting to understand. And then I went to the place where the trauma even happened. That's the highest level of courage that I've experienced, you know, in my, my even my whole body was shaking. But then when I was facing that trauma face-to-face at the physical place where it really happened, and then I realized that I didn't die and I'm still here, despite so many people in my life who actually died, you know, at that place, I realized that, you know, I was protected. I was protected in some way and that I had something bigger, which was meant for me to do in this life. And that's and, and almost the, like they're defeating the dragon that protects the gold. And then you defeat the dragon and exactly. it rises as a phoenix and you get reborn exactly. in the new you. Yeah, exactly. And this is so empowering. This is so empowering not to look at your trauma as if they control your life, but to look at them as actually the source of energy, which will feed everything that you're going to do into your life, especially your perspective. Because if you have been able to go through that kind of trauma and you're still here and still living, that means that nothing else can stop you. You have been through the worst of what humanity can experience. And now the fact that you're still here, that means that there's something great out of which is waiting for you. And this is the way I took it as, a, as, a, as an opportunity for me to grow. That's often the theme in a lot of archetypical stories, the journey to the underground, the meeting of death, the getting familiar with old stories and, you know, like confronting them and integrating them and then getting reborn and going back to the outside world from the underground, you know? A lot of Mm -hmm. stories have that element of facing the shadows, going underground, going in the deep, confronting your your father or your stories or the past and then rising up again, right? Yes, definitely. That's definitely that's this is like somehow I have the feeling but after with a different perspective and news from that actually in order for you to like to to find deep because we're all in a quest of our, our greatest light of our greatest shining, but in order to find that greatest shine, you have to actually go to the deepest of your darkness inside of you. And when you have been there, like like you find actually the most beautiful life that you have ever experienced, ever. But you, this is a whole journey, and uh, and the greatest people who have who have walked on this earth knows that story as well. So, yes. How did you have that bravery to face that? Because some people need to have, or some people never achieve that with enough pain, and they fed up to it. Was it a silent voice whispering like, "Hey, Manuel, you could do better than that," or was it like potential shining, and then suddenly it shifted? How was the process for you? It's actually a combination of different processes. So, so for me, you know, you were saying something interesting. You say enough pain, mm-hmm. you know, enough pain. For me, I do believe that mm-hmm. when life pushes you at a certain level of pain, like each and every one of us, we have a, a trigger level of pain that you cannot take. And I've reached, and life has pushed me to that level of pain that I had no choice. I had no choice than to face it. If some people still, still um, are, are still going away from their pain, that means that the pain is not enough for them to actually pay attention. And from what I understood in my own journey, no matter how far 
or how fast you run, the wave will catch you. And when the wave will catch you, it will drown you. It will drown you because you resist. And when I become conscious of that truth, I told myself, either I keep running from the wave or either I face the wave. And when I decided to finally face the wave, indeed, the wave caught me, but it didn't draw me because I was ready for it. I was ready for it. And after it caught me, what happened is that I started to learn to swim in those emotional waves of mine. And then after I learned to swim, I started to learn to surf on those waves. And now the waves are still coming, but I know how to surf and to take them now. And this is the new analogy that I've developed in my life. So it's the level of pain that I was experiencing actually, which, which didn't give me choice. And I'm grateful that like, the only option was, was to develop courage out of it. That was the only option. I had no choice. I had no choice. And when you're against the wall and that you don't have any choice left, this is where the courage comes, you know? And this is so far the, my own journey, how it goes. And that's, that's, that's actually interesting because this is, amazing. this is, I think it's basically how human beings are. We actually, sometimes we need to be shocked in life to change perspective, you know? And that's the sad truth, actually, of all of us, you know? So this is how it, it has happened for me. Yeah, with me, it's about sometimes having honest conversations with myself, you know, sometimes, yeah. and I still have issues to work on, you know, like it, it showed yeah. up in like addiction, numbing myself, isolating myself from people, feeling lonely, depressed, even yeah. overworking, workaholicism, perfectionism. And you have these periods after you do it that you're exhausted or you get feedback from your present reality, like, dude, this is not yeah. working. You could do better. Exactly. You're numbing yourself and you keep on running from it. But there's these repeated experiences that don't work or give short-term relief and there's like this whisper this deeper self this higher you that when you talk with it it knows mm -hmm. better and exactly. and sometimes then i have an honest conversation with myself like you know what you sh should you start doing what should you stop doing what mm. should you let go of and when exactly. you just wait for an answer you know it man you exactly. know it you know exactly. it you fill in exactly. the dots and it's like yes yeah. this is a priority and that's often happens when i stare through the window when i'm like traveling when i have that space and i get away from my old identity and then i ask deeper questions and then with the freshness like i kind of see myself from an, my old self or attached self from an outside perspective and i see like mm -hmm. yeah man like my best friend like an enthusiastic supporter like this is what you probably should be doing Exactly, exactly. And I do believe we reach that level that you have reached. You know, at least for me now, I'm not resisting the signs, you know, because the, the universe is constantly talking to you in so many ways. You have your guides, whatever you want to call it, you know, that they actually to show you that, you know, this, this is the, the right or the wrong path. And they're showing you in a way that, you know, like if you face resistance into your life, that's that like you have to ask yourself the question. Now I'm actually, I'm, I'm not resisting anymore. Now I'm following that, that inner voice, that inner calling, that, those boys, the, 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 the signs, you know. So it seems that the waves are not as harsh, as challenging as it used to be, because now I'm so much in tune with my own emotions and I can understand, you know, and feel if I'm, I'm going the right path or not, you know. And, um, so, but it comes with experience. It comes with time, but at the beginning, it is challenging. It is challenging. But then when you get used to it, it's like, it's like anything. It's like sports, you know, it's like anything that you try to master, you know, it gets better with time. It's people want to, or I want to change the things that happen to me. But when I change my relationships with relationship with the things that happen to me, what happens to me changes, you know, it's like, yeah, I, I want to see it before I believe it. But often it's like, I believe that it can be different. And then I see it or I start showing That's up in my it. reality. Yeah, I couldn't say it better. Perspective is everything. Perspective.
And also, I saw your belief because we were sitting there with uh, Teal Swan, and you said, "Like I'm going to be called on stage. I know it. I'm going to be called on stage. I believe it." I it's remember like, you were close to me, man. Yeah, I remember you were yeah. excited to me. Yeah, and you said, "Like I'm going to be called. I know it. Like there was no doubt in your mind, you man." Know? That was such a deep conviction, man. It was insane, you know. And I had a dream the day before. It was going to be called on stage, you know. <laughs> and you look at me, you look at me like, what? What are you talking about? Like I saw your eyes, man. I remember now, you know. <laughs> and then, and then, and then, and then I was the first one called on stage, man. It was insane. And from that moment, like, 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 wow, 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 that was amazing. <laughs> and what's also nice symbolism of that thing was that happened after the Paris attacks, like, and and they were questioning if they should have the event or not. But it's yes. another great symbol of like facing your shadows or also going to the negative and integrating it because just pushing right. it away like it didn't happen would be just another way to push down our shadows in the deep right exactly exactly right this is so insane and especially that move that event was a kind of mirror of my own trauma you know so that was something really really interesting you know like war and everything so wow wow it's insane it's like talking about it i'm coming back to it now and realize how much Emotion I had to face at that moment, you know, but yes, grateful that, that it happened. How do you deal? And I also go through it and my clients go through it when you deal with stuff from your past. You know what happens a lot? The, this kind of like, oh, I should have. Why haven't I? This kind of shame. Like, yeah. I should have known better. Like, why haven't I done this sooner? This, I call it kind of like running through mud. You move forward, but it feels so sticky and icky and heavy, that stage, mm. right? A lot of people, also me, have difficulty with that stage yes. and that shame yeah. and that guilt. I understand, yes. So basically, what, the way I've learned to deal with that shame and that guilt was basically like to, you know, to, first of all, to be, to be more gentle with myself. So as I mm. say, in that process, in that, in that journey, I learned, you know, one of, one of the most beautiful teaching of this one is that aspect of self-love, you know, based on, on her book, you know, Shadow Before Dawn, the whole process she has done, you know, to actually from hating herself to loving herself, you know, and I've used most of her tool from that book inside of me, you know, mm -hmm. on myself, you know, and, and definitely shame and guilt is not a, a feeling that we, are, we were born with, but it's a feeling that you have developed, you know, based on, on how we have seen people, you know, doing it and then on ourselves. And then I had to, to learn to, to become conscious of those, on those aspects of myself, which was shaming me, which was guilting me. And then I started to question and to, to, to question and to talk with those aspects of myself, which were shaming me. To why? You know, to like to have a discussion like I'm having right now with you. You know, so basically it's like I started to become conscious of all the, those different aspects of me. They say we have a minimum of, of um, 20, 22 or 24 characters inside of us, but there are some people who have a thousand, you know. And then I started to become conscious of those aspects of me and start, and, and start to sit with them and to talk with them, to understand why. And to, to always ask the question I still used to do, like to, to say, okay, when was the last time I felt that feeling, mm -hmm. you know? And then when was the first time I felt that feeling? And then when I was going to the core of that feeling and, and, and I understood why it was there, what happened is that it, like the, the tension on that feeling of the shame was, was dissipating. Like it, it didn't have that strength anymore on myself because I could see it now. I could put light on it. The reason why it has so much impact on you is because it's uh, deep rooted into your subconscious and you're not even conscious and aware of. But then when you put it into the light, it has no power over you. You kind of like know, you understand. And then when you, when, when you hear the reason why it is there, you actually, you know, have empathy, compassion, you know, 
for that aspect and you understand that actually it's not there to harm you or to, mm-hmm. to hurt you. It's actually there to protect you, you know, because it's a subconscious program that you have developed to actually protect yourself, you know, and then you become in peace with it and then you integrate it. You say, okay, you're here. I'm not trying to, to, to get rid of you. I understand. I hear you. Now I'm conscious of it. And now let's yeah. take that path now. Let's try to do something different and see how it works. So this is how I stopped I stop, I stop fighting myself. Because if you actually try to fight yourself, it's like trying to fight a wave. You cannot win that battle. You cannot. You know, it's like trying to fight a wave bare hands. But you have to be conscious and to, to make peace with those aspects of yourself and to integrate them. This is how I was able to do that. And by being gentle of myself, being gentle with those aspects of myself, no resistance and as you say as you say what you resist persist and then as i used another strategy i started to, to question to become friends to, to 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 learn those aspects of myself so they don't have control over me yeah i use the same thing it's actually funny because i i heard teal swan and she's a controversial figure so if you if you don't like her it's the teachings that are like important you know i think it's kind of yeah. There's aspects of certain mentors that I don't agree with, but I don't throw away everything. You know, I take exactly. the, the pearls, the pearls of wisdom. I use the same thing with like a combination with my clients of like voice dialogue and with nonviolent communication. This sounds schizophrenic, but we are possessed by certain roles, by certain. I call it the cast of characters. But mm. some characters, they are always take the limelights. It's like a one man show or one woman show, and they talk all the time because that's our. Or they have the mask on all the time, and they like front stage. And they have mm-hmm. found one strategy to fulfill the need because every part of ourselves, even we, we do something because it fulfills a need. So when exactly. we are aware of the character, not being possessed by it, we find the underlying needs, we can integrate it because the perfectionist is like, I want to protect you by doing, and then people will love you. So even then mm-hmm. it has a good need, but it overperforms with a single-minded mm-hmm. strategy. And then there's okay. like, the I always use a adjective and the role so it's like the the carefree romantic you know the mm. sexual predator the uh, anxious critic all these things you know they mm. are in our head the positive and the negative and there's mm. a lot of these characters in the backseat like the playfulness the romantic the intuitive etc but there's some roles that we play they just are center stage and when you really talk also with those characters with the perfectionist with the critic you know with the pusher with the achiever mm. with the judge you mm. see that they even are exhausted because they exactly. want to protect that, those other aspects or that childlike thing in yourself because they think mm. like you're not safe. So in mm. a way, it's parenting yourself again, bringing exactly. those aspects to the light again. Like, what are all these beautiful characters in me? How can I have them work together without judging them for how they act? Because you just exactly. find a certain way of how yes. to act and express themselves based on patterns where they felt helpless and powerless in the past. But now Indeed. I can... We teach them, we educate them, we parent exactly. them. I agree, definitely, 100%, 100%. And also what I loved when I checked out like Teal Swan in the beginning is also the use of triggers. I remember the mm-hmm. quote, like, you can use triggers as a rope to dive in yourself. Exactly. Where does this come from? What do I need? What does it affect me so much? People mm-hmm. should check out the interview of Gabor Mate with Tem Ferris, which is an amazing interview. And he also mm-hmm. says, you're not reacting to what happens. You're reacting to your perception of what happens. Exactly. We complete perception again. Perception. And then when we change our relationship with what happens, without pushing it away, without not maybe mm-hmm. worrying, like, this is a bit sad, like, oh, I wish it could be better. Like, it's not pushing it away. Because that's one thing that sometimes I think of spiritual bypassing, of just pushing away pain, only focusing on the positive, not showing any attention to childhood wounds and trauma, etc. It's almost like I'm just going to observe a child that is crying. 
or that mm-hmm. is a story to tell. And sometimes that works, but sometimes mm-hmm. you want to hold it. You want to listen to it. You want to work with it. You want to do creative exactly. work with it that it can express those things and feel, I am not wrong for feeling this way. And this exactly. embodied spirituality, this psychological aspect of spirituality, trauma aspect, I sometimes miss in spiritual communities who only like focus on the positive or bypass those shadow exactly. sides of ourselves. Indeed, indeed. I agree with you. Is that something you also realized uh, in your journey? Because, you know, you have the spiritual aspect, you have the potential aspect with like future X, which we will talk about, but you also have the, you know, dandy entrepreneur aspect in yourself, you know, like building up your business, being super successful in like, uh, I think, selling real estate, like winning prizes. So yeah, so you have these three elements in you, right? Definitely, definitely. And yes, yes, indeed, regarding my own journey into the spiritual community, and, and I agree 100% with what you just said, you know, I've reached a level where I realized that there was something missing. And indeed, one aspect of the spiritual community is this, indeed is this bypass. And basically, the way I've experienced and I've seen that bypass is the fact that, you know, like, they just want to accept one aspect of life, but, but not another one, you know, which means that for me, most people that are met into the spiritual community didn't want, want to accept that 3D reality in which we're living. And for me, this is what not this is this is not what we're here for. We actually they, they say like we are we we're not human beings having a spiritual experience, we're spiritual beings having a human experience, you know. And so basically, the main reason why here is actually to understand and to master that human experience. But on the contrary, what I've experienced in the spiritual community is that they wanted to get away from that human experience. You know? And I said, no, this is not this is not how it resonates with me. And then this is why I started moving away from the spiritual community after a long journey inside of it. And then it's okay, let's, let, let, me, let me try to master actually this, this, this 3D reality and to see how can I use what I've learned into my uh, spiritual journey, into my m- emotional mastery process to actually impact into my 3D reality. And then somehow in my, in my process, you know, so basically I started working, first of all, I was working in finance and I quit. Now, because I wanted to create a project which was uh, in alignment with what I was doing. So basically, I created my own, my own company, which was called Evolution. You know, if you turn around, like uh, evolve, like it's, it's like love. And so it's related mm-hmm. to self-love, regarding, regarding yourself. And this is the journey that I've taken. And then, um, and then I did that for two years. And it had a huge, huge uh, impact and successful also here in Luxembourg. And then somehow the project grew up. And then uh, the company was growing up and people wanted to join the, the, pro, the, the, the company, but somehow I didn't have enough funds, you know, to actually pay people who wanted to work with me. So I asked myself, okay, what kind of, uh, what kind of uh, opportunity or job can I find which is still allow me, you know, the freedom, you know, the connection with people and also to increase my fund. And somehow actually real estate came to me, like, like within two to three weeks after I set that, that intention, you know, real estate came to me and five years ago, I was uh, parking in front of my my place at that time, and just below the place, the apartment where I was lo- working, there was this real estate agency, and they were having a party. And the best agent at that time actually called me, and he said, "Oh, you the neighbors? You have been living here for four years. We always invite you, but you never come. You should come this time." And I don't know. My intuition told me at that moment, "Yes, go ahead." And and I said, "Maybe that's the intention that I've sent out there, mm-hmm. which is coming to me." And then, and then, uh, and then I went inside, and then he introduced me to the whole team, and he said, oh, "Okay, this is the neighbor. We always invite him for four years, but he never comes. But tonight he's there. You know, so he opened champagne. He gave me some nice food. I said, okay, nice vibe here.' And then he introduced me to the whole team and to the boss. And then, uh, then one of the boss looked at me and said, "Okay, this guy, he's talking well. He's dressing well. We should hire him." 
And I say, by joking, I say, why not? And this is how the whole story started. This is how the whole story started. And five years after, I'm still there. And this experience, you know, and I didn't understand why it, why life actually was bringing me there. But it's like, you know, you have an idea in life, the path that you are meant to take. But sometimes life is bringing you at in, on a path which will actually bring you faster to the thing that you were always looking for. But you don't expect, like, I always use that metaphor of, of it's like you're on a river, you know. Mm. You're on a river and then you're on that part of the river. And then you have a crossroad. You have one pass on the left, one pass on the right. And then in your mind, you think you have to go on the left. So you 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 use the, the boat to go on the left. But then life is actually bringing you on the right. And then you say, no, 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 I want the to go to the left. The stream is like I, going to the right and you ex- just keep on paddling to go to exactly, the left. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And and I say, you know what? I'm not going to resist. I'm going to see where it's going to guide me. And I didn't resist that opportunity because that was something contrast to what I was doing, you know. But I say, you know what? Let me experience this. And I went in, you know thinking that I would I, I wanted to 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 see what it what it can bring me. And to be honest, I was blown away and, and I'm grateful that I didn't resist that kind of opportunity, even if it was not the first things I was thinking mm-hmm. in my mind. Because at that at that moment I was doing exactly what you were doing, like coaching people and everything, mm-hmm. you know, guiding and everything. I said, what 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 will estate is going to bring me? Mm-hmm. And actually what I realized is that I used it instead of using this energy, you know, to help other people, I actually brought by the, that energy on me. To actually master that aspect of abundance, abundance, abundance of, of uh, money, abundance of time, something that I was that was still challenging for me at that time. And I said, you know what? I'm going to put my whole energy inside of it and, and then try to master that aspect because it was challenging at that time. And and uh, and I was and, and then I faced the financial situation. I, I've been into the worst financial situation of my life at that time. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to find myself into that situation anymore because it brought me so much pain. And I say, and I told myself, you know, if I'm able to get out of that situation, I will actually share that knowledge to the people who are going through the same challenge as me. And mm-hmm. from that moment, I took that decision. Like the whole universe was actually helping me to get through, and this is where I moved from the from being like almost homeless, you know, for my place, you know, which is an irony for a real estate agent at that time. <laughs> being, being elected, you know, the best agent, you know, of the month within one month and a half, you know. So I moved to to that level without only seventeen euro on my bank account to being elected the best agent at that moment. Since that moment, I keep like it creating a small ball snowball effect, you know which put me on the map of real estate, not only Luxembourg, internationally. And it was such an amazing experience. And what I learned from that, what I learned from that is that the business aspect of it, you know, it's, it's also like that to be in peace as well with the, with the, with the frequency of money because into the spiritual community, yeah. they have a lot of challenge into that, on that yeah. level, you know. And I, not only I learned to be in peace and to, and, to, and to understand what was my trauma related to that aspect of money, but then also in full abundance of it. And now I reach a level where I can actually share the knowledge, how I'm made on my level and how other people can make it, you know, because I always, the way I've learned to actually teach by experience, you know. And yes, so this, so far now I'm blessed. I've been elected the best agent of the month several years of time, even on an intentional level. So I'm blessed and I'm always grateful. And the, the, the best way I can actually express gratitude to the universe and everything that has happened to me is actually to share my knowledge now. I reached a level when I, now I had enough experience and I can share this level. And I'm grateful to be here and to be able to share that with you. 
Yeah, a lot of people have this averse relationship in the spiritual community with money. They have this belief like, I need to be a starving hippie. I will I will become evil. It will corrupt me. I can serve less people. And I teach it to my clients also with money mindset. You know, if you can meet more to yourself, if you have, you know, a good money mindset and you have a mindset of abundance emotionally, spiritually, like helping people, you can actually do more. But with this mindset, you keep the evil people making money because all the good people have a bad relationship with money. And the universe then says like, okay, this is your perception of it. No problem. I will take care of it and you will get what you think, you know. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's the main issue because we have such a, such a wrong perception, you know, uh, into the spiritual community or anywhere else, you know, about money. But this is not the same perception as the universe, you know. And this is something that I actually have to learn into my own journey and to question and to, you know, because, you know, it's good to have beliefs. But if those beliefs are not beneficial to you, then you have to question them. You know, you shouldn't keep them because somehow this is this is something you have been taught to. And now I find I find myself in, in a place where I have found this balance with my truth on, on, on a spiritual level, but also with the abundance, not only of money, but then when you open yourself, because when you open yourself to that channel, to that vibration, because money is just only a vibration. A frequency and then you take out all those beliefs which are barriers you know which doesn't allow you to receive you actually open the the, the channels for so many other things the abundance for love the abundance for time the abundance for friendship the abundance for connection the abundance for opportunity everything is related you know but it's just a matter of perception again you know like i think this is the key word of this how this of the podcast you know so how do you when when People in the community, sometimes people perceive it as like woo-woo when they talk about manifestation. Explain a bit like on the perceptual, emotional, spiritual level how it happens. Do you have an intention? Do you have willpower? Do, do you have an openness then for how it happens and then you step away from it? Because you can be so... I like something that Carl C said, like if you need something, you're not ready to receive it. Exactly. So do you just want something, have the desire, but then you're open to opportunities? How do you manifest things, you know, with yeah. intention, willpower, and then also an openness and a letting go? That's an amazing question. And I love that you asked this question. And for the people who, who perceive as woo, woo, you know, I will go to the scientific aspect of it, you mm-hmm. know, and which, uh, which was actually taught me by one of uh, another one of my mentors, which is uh, Jonathan Amaret. So basically, if you look at how, what is reality? You know, what you perceive, basically, um, it is, um, you know, what, what you see with your eyes and your reality, is ele- it's called electromagnetic frequency. And basically, if you can picture that, it's like it's like a different circle, different layers, you know. And the last layer is definitely that aspect of electromagnetic frequency, which is light, what you can perceive with your eyes. And then below that, that layers of electro- electromagnetic frequency, what is there? There is salt. So thought, you know, creates your, 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 your perception and your electromagnetic frequency. And we're talking about perception and thought. And then below that layers of thought, we have emotions. Emotions. So basically, you know, this is one of the most aspects of, of the manifestation that you are lacking because they're always talking about what you think you manifest. Mm-hmm. But below the thought, there's the emotional aspect that we don't talk actually about enough because basically... It doesn't matter how much of beneficial thoughts you're thinking. If you feel like crap, if you feel like shit, it will not impact your thoughts. Basically, your thoughts are originated from your emotions and vice versa. It doesn't matter how much, you know, a negative thought you have. If you feel great, it will not impact actually, actually your emotions. So emotion is one key important element of actually impacting your thought and then your thought impacting your, your reality, which is electromagnetic frequency. 
this is where I understood that the process of the journey of the spiritual journey that I've done actually helped me a lot by mastering emotion and being in alignment with my mm. emotions. The only thing that I had to take care of and the only thing that I have to take care of in the morning, the first thing I have to take care of in the morning when I'm waking up is actually take care of my emotions. So I have those morning habits, you know, which uh, allow me to actually uh, be in alignment with my emotions, you know, and put na- like I meditate and I put nice music and I dance. So then I elevate my frequency and my vibration. And then when I'm in that good feeling of state, then naturally my thoughts are going to be in the same alignment as my emotion because it's all vibration. And then it will impact my thoughts and my reality during the day. And when you can impact your day, you impact your week, you impact your week, you impact your months and vice versa. And then you impact the rest of your life. And it actually starts with what you do in the morning and also what you do in the evening. The only thing that you have control mm-hmm. on is those aspects. And then the most important, the most important, the layers below emotion is the I am. I am. This is the, they, they, they say it into spiritual, I am that I am, the great I am that I am. For example, when you wake up in the morning, you can say, oh, I am feeling like shit, you know? And this is actually going to create the vibration. And just even saying that, I can feel it inside of me. Like, you know, <laughs> because it's not a vibration that I'm used to say inside of me, but I can feel it just saying that. So when you say that, it impacts your emotion and then your thoughts and then your reality. But if you say, I'm feeling amazing, you know, when people ask me in the morning, how do you feel? I don't say, oh, I'm, it's okay, I'm feeling okay. No, I say, I'm feeling amazing. So basically, I, I, I create that vibration just by saying, I'm feeling amazing. And then the feelings come, then the thoughts follow, and then the electromagnetic frequency follow into your reality. So this is the science behind it. And hopefully, those who think you, uh, that is woo-woo, then... You have the whole science behind it, which actually allow me to manifest that aspect. Yeah, this is super powerful. I think one thing is also just uh, proactively getting yourself in a good state. So it starts from a good place. But what also I was thinking when, when you talked about it was anything you want something, if you can envision why it brings you in a good state or what you will improve or how you will feel better by writing, by visualizing it, by seeing how it will impact people. It makes it much more embodied and feeling like, you know, when you attach some more important meaning to it, you know? Yes. And the second thing also I think is powerful. It's on the other side to say like, I'm amazing. And if people don't feel well yeah. uh, or they feel less, they could say related to what we talked about before with the parts, a part of me feels disappointed. A part mm-hmm. of me feels a bit down, you know? It's the yes. perfectionist or whatever, how you call it, or whatever, you want to give it a name like Maurice or whatever, you know? It's yes. Maurice the complainer, you know? Yes. Maurice feels a bit down. That way you don't associate completely with that negative feeling, but really mm-hmm. acknowledge like that part of me is feeling a bit down instead of exactly. being defined by that one character with that one state, one way of thinking and one emotional state, right? Yes, yes, did. I mean, for me, as I say, you know, we're talking about characters. And then if you, as you say, if people say, I am amazing, but they don't really truly feel that, then as you say, you have to question the character which doesn't feel that. You know, you have mm-hmm. to you have to, to talk with that character which doesn't feel that and understand why. And as we were saying earlier, whenever you question that character and then you understand why actually that character is feeling the way it feels, it doesn't have too much, too much you don't have too much attachment to it anymore. It's become more light. So then when you when you actually become conscious of that heaviness. It's not that heavy anymore. It's like basically, you know, when you when you put light into it, it, it doesn't 
it doesn't block the the channel. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. The channel of reception of that vibration that you need actually to receive. But when you say I am amazing, but then that character is, mm, 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 I don't feel, you know, then you have that blockage and then the whole energy doesn't go through it. So indeed, you cannot bullshit yourself. As I was saying, you can just say those thoughts, but if internally you don't really feel it, it will not work. So indeed, the feeling it's so key in that in that in that matters. And if it's and if you don't really feel it, then you have to question it until actually you integrate it. And that's also something that I like about nonviolent communication. They see they say like when you're like triggered or when you're happy, it's because either a need was not fulfilled and you were lacking it or a need was fulfilled. So in yeah. a way, when you're triggered or frustrated, it's actually something that points you to your needs. And something that I noticed and I work with it with my clients is sometimes you're starving yourself of a need and you have one specific yeah. kind of meal to fulfill that need. But when you don't mm -hmm. get it through that meal, you're exhausted, you're hungry, you know, and you're like irritated. So a way is also to proactively have a bu buffet of your needs, right? So exactly. if you really need belonging, if you need play, if you need adventure, instead of only accepting it from your, uh, expecting it from your partner or that one specific strategy, how mm -hmm. about you get to know yourself, what's really important to you and your needs, and then you proactively make sure that you fulfill it in many ways. So then when one way doesn't work, it doesn't trigger you so much because you proactively made sure that you fill your own cup, right? <laughs> yes, I agree with you. I'm talking about that. You know, you're talking about partner. My beautiful uh, fiance uh, just came in you know, here Hi. into the car, you know. So this is Philip. We are in yeah, that yeah, beautiful yeah, podcast. Yeah. And I agree with you because before being able to actually to, to manifest her into my reality, like it took me, you know, took me, you know, a lot of trials as well to the whole process. You know, in order to manifest her into my reality, it took me a lot of a lot of time, a lot of trials, you know, because one aspect for me, which is uh, I do believe, which is um, so important in life, is to is to be able, you know, to 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 find that balance of abundance of love, you know. For me, this is the what most of us actually are looking for, you know. Most of us, whatever we're doing, at the end of the day, this is one of the biggest needs that we need as human beings: that feeling of love and uh, an abundance of love. And I'm grateful that I was able to find that with her. And um, and indeed, coming back to what you were saying, in order to be able to be at that level and talking that way, I had first of all to actually fulfill my own needs. First of all, before even fulfilling my own needs, to actually understand what were my needs. You know, and 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 to understand, you know, based on those characters, those characters we're talking about, what were the needs of all those characters, and how can I can I fulfill them in harmony with together? So so that whenever I feel one need, one aspect of me doesn't feel not betrayed or whatever, like like not fulfilled in this case. So it's, it was a long journey, and then when I found her, it was not about her meeting my own needs because I was able to actually fulfill my own needs by myself and and, uh, and I found so much joy and I was vibrating at that frequency of joy that I didn't need her to fill my own cup because I was able to actually fulfill my own cup and there's this beautiful analogy about love that I, that I like it's like it's like you know being able to fulfill your own needs is like having a a big bottle of water in your back, you know, and that whenever you need to fill, then you take that that beautiful glass of water and you can fill up yourself. And then whenever you meet a partner in your life and that partner has also a bottle of water and then you like to test her own water and then you can each other give, give to you that water, but neither one of you will actually lack that water because you will always have 
that inside of you in your back and can fill up whenever you need. And you just see to share actually that joy and that beautiful water. So, so yes. Yeah. It's still a stage that I'm like, uh, struggling with when I'm like honest, uh, you know, the, the self-love I'm working on is, yes. is it, is it that way that as, as long as there's no self-love, the relationship you will have will, will be a compensation for your lack of self-love and it create conflict. And the second question is, what if you focus so much on self-love and your own needs that you become so self-centered or you're like, I don't need anybody else that there actually at that point is no room to let somebody in. I'm struggling with that sometimes because I'm so used to, you know, being by myself that I sometimes think like, is there openness for somebody else, you know, to connect again? I understand. I, I, I have a big smile when you say that because I've been there, you know, I ask, I ask myself the same kind of questions, you know, and for me, there's not... It's not a secret actually to find that, but but if I can share that for, for you and for all the people out there. So basically, I started to question myself. You know, it comes back to the mentor we had, you know, which is still so, and which she was asking that question what will somebody who loves themselves will do? You know, so then I started actually to treat myself as, uh, as if I was in partnership with myself, you know, as if I, I, as if I was my own partner. And then I started to see the shadow aspect of the lack of love inside of me, even for the little details that I actually had, you know, and, and then questioned them as well. So, so it started with slowly and slowly. And, and, and from the little things, you know, like, like, well, like, for example, you know, if you go to the supermarket and then you ask yourself, okay, do I want, you know, that, that apple or that orange as this one was saying, you know, and then you ask yourself, what will a person who loves themselves do? And the more you actually become conscious of that question, you know, like what would someone love themselves do? the more you start to align yourself and to treat yourself in a way of um, more like in a self-loving way, you know, and then it goes from, from details like this to, to, to bigger question into your life. And at one point when you can actually find yourself, you know, having that, that laugh in the morning for nothing, having that joy just for life itself and gratitude, one key, one key important element of that process of self-love was gratitude really gratitude because the verb, the vibration of gratitude is actually the same as, as, as love, you know, because I was being grateful, even if I didn't have a partner in my life at that moment, I was being grateful for the, for, for, for the relationship that I was developing in myself. And I was being grateful for everything that I've done, all the courage that I've developed to actually go deep inside of me into the trauma, to go deep inside of me, to question those characters, to discover my, my, all the characters that I, that I was not conscious of. And the more I was developing this relationship with those characters inside of me, the more I was loving myself, the more I was enjoying being with myself. And then from that moment, from that moment, you know, whenever that beautiful partner came into my life, I have created enough space for somebody to come in, not to fill up the needs that I haven't fulfilled with myself, but actually to share that joy with me, you know, and because indeed, if you go into relationship and you haven't questioned enough or, or, or put enough in light, those, those shadow aspect of lack of self-love, it will show up into the relationship. This is why I say relationships are so beautiful because it actually mirror the aspect of you that you're not, that you're not conscious of. And even if I have done a lot of work on myself, trust me, there's been a lot of shadow aspect which came into the relationship with my beautiful fiance here. It was really challenging. It was not easy, to be honest with you. Now, I'm probably 
here saying that she's my, she's my fiance, but trust me, it was really a challenging journey. You know, it was really a challenging journey. Yeah, this is, this, is, this is something often about self-development that people think self-development is also only developing yourself by yourself. But sometimes the deepest aspects of self-development are with other people in a social intimate setting. That's how you get to know the most impotent, you know, intimate, you know, embarrassing, painful, frustrating, you know, parts of yourself that, that you're so wanting much. to ignore when you only, you know, give feedback to yourself in your own narcissistic echo chamber, you know? I, Definitely, definitely. For me, this is actually where the key, the most important key lies actually with all the people. It's easy to be with yourself because you have get to know about yourself. But then when you actually face other people, you know, they, you know, they, it reminds you also that, you know, that, um, that beautiful picture, you know, of the young monk, you know, who, who is almost, who almost completed his spiritual journey. And then his masters, you know, his mentors, uh, the old monk tell, tells him, okay, you almost completed your spiritual journey. And the last step, is this one. And then they send him where exactly they actually send him back to his family, you know, back to where actually he has the deep root of his trauma. And this is this, this picture, this metaphor, which is so interesting because indeed when you're with yourself, it kind of like, even it is kind of like not, not so easy, but when you think you have mastered that aspect of the spiritual journey, when you truly master it is when you confront that to other people and especially into relationship, into relationship, because Loving relationship actually goes deep into the core of, of your emotion and goes deep into the core of your subconscious, you know, because the way we behave in a relationship is the way of the whole thing we have learned into our own journey and all, all programming, you know, but sometimes we cannot be conscious of that by ourselves. We need actually a mirror, which is the one in the, which is the person who we are in a relationship with to actually mirror that aspect of us, of us that we cannot sometimes be conscious by ourselves. Yeah, sometimes Steve Swan says, uh, she says, love is taking someone as part of yourself. And something that I still struggle with sometimes is that you have, I have more of an enmeshment pattern instead of like a codependent pattern. But that once, you know, somebody else is there, that the emotions, the state of somebody else, like it affects me. You know, mm -hmm. instead of me staying in my own energy and frequency, not being affected, you know, being able to, you know, handle the waves of the women, the, the you know, the emotions. And, and have mm -hmm. a safe place that is centered. Sometimes I can be like drawn in and it, and, and I want mm -hmm. to fix things. I want to change things. I'm like drawn in. So you <laughs> want to be affected by what somebody else does, but not so yeah. much it depletes your state, you know, and you can't stay yeah. centered. Exactly. I understand so much, so much what you're saying, because I've experienced that actually, you know, with, um, uh, yeah, with different partners that I, that I had. And somehow each one of them actually taught me to actually even be centered and aligned even if I was in a relationship. And indeed, you know, you can be this like decentralized inside of yourself when you're in partner with another person because it's another energy. So you need to actually to find that balance, you know, with your own energy and with the energy of somebody else. And sometimes either you go fully into her energy or you disconnect. And sometimes you feel like you're disconnected from yourself. So, so the, the challenging aspect is to, to be able to find that balance between those two energy. And it's not easy. I've experienced that and I know what you, I cannot definitely understand what you're saying. And then when I was not able to actually find that balance, when I was in relationship, I told myself, okay, there's some, still some shadow aspect inside of me that I'm not conscious of because otherwise I would not be totally unbalanced, you know, if I was in relationship with that person. So, so I learned that. I learned to, to see deeper, you know, uh, those aspects that I was not conscious of when I realized that, you know, when I was in relationship, I, I, 
I, I was not balanced, you know. So, but now I have deeply that feeling that, you know, you know, that I have this balance, but sometimes you have to go one way, sometimes like this. So it's yeah. not black and white, you know, it's not really black and white. And that's the, that's the most challenging aspect of human beings for me to master relationship. This is something to master love, to master the, you know, this is something that like most of us have been challenged with. And, and this is when you, but when you're able to find that balance, this is where you find true fulfillment because we are talking about that, that the non-balance on the negative aspect. But when you find that balance on the positive aspect, trust me, like, like whatever you saw that you could achieve by yourself, when you find that balance with the right partner, like your energy and whatever you want to achieve is multiplied by 10, by a thousand. And it's, and you go so much faster and the energy is so much powerful when you can find that right balance. And it's exactly what happens with my beautiful fiance. Like with, like within the time we've been knowing each other, I was able to accomplish even more than I ever accomplished in my life, you know, because you're talking about productivity into your podcast and into what you're teaching. Like for me, if you find the right partner, like this, this can 10x, you know, your productivity. And if you find, if you ask the question to the most successful men on the world, they will tell you what is the most key important of your, of your success. They will tell you to have the right partner. And it's so important. Yeah. And we live in a culture now that it's all about the likes. And if you don't like something, sometimes we treat people like an app, download a new one, find a new one. So I think with the layers of love of the self and then being able to love somebody else and then being able to love your children, I see some elements and I know this starting in my generation that is a bit ego gratifying, narcissistic, that they find it hard to love themselves, that they have no time for a relationship. They expect so much, so much from a relationship. They expect everything from one person, what they in the past got from the family and the community mm -hmm. and the church. You know, there's so much pressure on it. And exactly. there's a lot of people who would even say like, I don't want to have children. But that I think like, hey, first building yourself up and knowing yourself intimately and then knowing yourself intimately in a relationship. But then half mm -hmm. of your life, knowing yourself intimately as a dad, as a father. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't have children, but that mm -hmm. aspect of myself, I think that's also a hugely undiscovered aspect. Mm. So like be half of your life about being a dad, but I feel a lot of people are scared of facing themselves, being in a relationship, mm. let alone having children and mm. discovering themselves in a relationship with it. Exactly. Exactly. You know why? Because I do believe that those people who are afraid are afraid because as we're talking, relationship is a mirror of yourself, mm -hmm. you know? And if you're not ready to face whatever life is going to mirror you through relationship, either through relationship with your partner, or just relationship with your children, then then you'll be challenged. But then if you're if you're ready to face everything that life throws at you, and you're confident because indeed you have been to that journey of learning about yourself and to challenge yourself and to and to be ready no matter what wave of emotional life will bring it to you, then then you will sell smoothly. Then you will go smoothly. I mean, this is what I feel. This is what is going on with my relationship, and hopefully. You know, whenever I will be a dad, I will still sail that wave, you know, surf on that wave the way I'm doing right now into my relationship. And you know what I love about your message of love or evolving? You know, I feel that a big part of the world, it's vibration on the vibration of fear. Oh, you sell much, so much. Instead of that's, vibrating on the vibration of connection and love. Exactly. That's the real challenge of humanity for me. And this is this is why why I've created like, as I told you, you know, like this whole system of, of being able to actually elevate human consciousness at a higher level, like beyond 
the vibration of fear, but to a level of, of self-love and to a level of connection with each other. Because for the moment, you actually love yourself because they say that you treat all the people as you treat yourself. If you haven't learned to treat yourself with care and with love and with compassion, how can you teach or treat others with self-love and with love and compassion? You can only give what you know. So this is why for me, it's so important to start with yourself because every relationship that you're going to have is going to be, again, a mirror of yourself. So I agree with you that this is one of the most challenging aspects of humanity that we vibrate so much at the level of fear. But yeah. Yeah, like the, like the myth and that's also the water. Maybe you also have like uh, some kind of relationship with the symbol of water, you know, with the, you know, the cup and the water and the waves. Exactly. Um, we also have the thing that the mirror sometimes of people is the mirror on their smartphone or like a narcissist who was looking in the water and seeing themselves. So people see that image through approval of others, but that's not mm -hmm. really love. That's not really connection. I see connection right. being replaced by digital connection or approval mm -hmm. or likes. That's a yeah. false replacement of like really being cared for and really a good relationship with people. And I think that's a bit of the danger of people like losing real connection and replacing it with false idols of so-called connection yeah. and importance and status. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I agree with you. I definitely agree with you. And uh, this is indeed the danger. But at the end of the day, this is exactly what we're looking for. We're looking for deep connection. And people are there with this new generation and everything, and not only new generation. And we can talk about our generation and everything. It's actually they try to find substitute of that connection. But at the end, on the long term, it's not a win because it's like sometimes it's like whenever, for example, you you know you want to buy you something nice, but then at the end, you know, don't feel that you know you can feel it for a moment, but not for long term. You know, so that's that's um, that's still an escape mechanism of actually trying to go deep inside of you and to find that real connection with you. But it's always some substitute that we are looking for with the connection. No matter what we do, it's actually something that we're all looking for. Everything that we do is, is based on the deepest need of connection and love. Yeah, I think I also take it to my clients and it's been like a journey of first getting the auto gratification and then going deeper because I think most business problems are personal problems and more personal problems or like childhood emotional problems or trauma problems. Mm -hmm. So whenever you don't tackle the root, it will be like difficult. And one thing that is crisis, so-called crisis has taught us is that you want to rely on yourself. You want to build yourself up. That's why I love to connect with Rebels with a cause, influencers, creative artists, you know, who build people mm -hmm. up, help people think differently and take responsibility. So one thing that is hopeful in the long term, but in the short term, maybe, you know, it, it's darkest before the sun goes up again. Maybe that will be a second hippie revolution again, or people standing up for connection and nature and, you know, away from technology and more closer to themselves and other people. It also happens in the 60s after World War II. I don't know, but I feel as much as fear is like pushing, as much as the dark is rising, I think it can never hold back, you know, the light when we like work on it, it can push it to the back. But I believe that at a certain point, there will be like a backlash. What is exactly. your feeling about humanity and consciousness? Yes. And, 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 and for me, that's an amazing question because this is, this is somehow something that I always wanted to do, you know, like, first of all, to, To, to become conscious of my own self because I say that I'm in a journey of discovering the, the best aspect of myself through elevating my own consciousness and then inspire others to do the same, you know, and, and coming back to what you were just saying, to what you were just saying, I don't believe that technology is the problem. Technology is not the real problem. L lack of consciousness from humanity is the real problem. 
because we can use actually that technology to to help us to become even more conscious and that technology to combine it with nature, you know, because somehow the technology that you're creating is an aspect of our own spirituality. So for me, it's all it's all connected. And basically my own journey of elevating my own consciousness that now based on my own story and my own trauma that I've experienced, I developed a new perspective about, about life. And then based on the journey of finding this peace inside of me with those, with those emotional trauma that I, that I was able to master, I developed a new perspective about myself and what I was really able to do. And then I realized that like, what was really the main challenges for that human consciousness was based on the challenges that I faced myself as well. And for example, if you look at the pyramid of Maslow, and then you look at the basic needs of human beings, you actually see that you know, basic needs are related to, to finance, to food, to shelter, to those basic needs. And then I realized that most people, most like, like the majority of humanity are actually being challenged on those levels. And those levels are keeping them locked up into the lowest level of human consciousness, the fear vibration that you're talking survival, about. Survival, right? Survival, exactly. So they're always in fear of how they're going to pay that last bill, of how they're going to put food on the table, of how they're going to do that and everything. And then I understood that as long as we'll still be stuck on that survival level, on that fear vibration, we as humanity will not be able to elevate our own consciousness. So basically, I've done that for my own self. And so far to this day, I was able to resolve those basic needs. And then in my own journey, I've met, you know, an amazing young man, which is a genius, who is, uh, who is my partner in the project that you have co-created. Uh, his name is Simon Volk. And basically, he has created a project that he has been working on since he's 12 years old. And actually, I met him in Vienna three years ago. And basically, in a summary, the project is called Futurex, you know. Uh, with a futuristic vision with X for Accelerator. And basically, we ha he has developed and in collaboration with so many people he has, he has um, connected to the world. Those pillars, and those pillars are actually responding to those basic needs of humanity, as I just explained to you regarding the pyramid of Maslow. And basically, that it's a whole ecosystem, and that whole ecosystem has five pillars. The first pillar is actually finance-based. Basically, to be able to fulfill the, the financial needs of people. And in this case, we have actually created a token and we have launched it in March 2020, which was at one cent. And now it's actually uh, after one year exactly. It is at uh, $40 with more than 1,700 orders and more than 5,500 transactions with um, 3.5 million generated. And, we, and, we, and at the end of December, we have signed a huge deal with a big bank, you know, which is called the KB Cookman Bank, which is the fourth uh, biggest bank in South Korea, which has invested actually 150 million into the project. And then which now allow actually people to even invest into this token and to be able to fulfill their own financial needs. We don't need, at that level, we don't need funds because you have big players investing, mm -hmm. but whoever any investors, basic investor want to, to have more funds and more benefits can actually invest into it at whatever cost, you know, and then this can happen into their own journey of fulfilling. And then we have the pillar of technology, technology where we're actually collaborating with um, futurist technology such as a magnet generator, which can actually, you know, uh, give electricity and energy actually to, to a whole village, you know, 
which is insane. And this can have a huge impact in a whole mm-hmm. village, for example, in Africa. And then we're also collaborating with uh, technology such as a uh, um, saltwater car, you know, and, um, and all the high level technology. And then we have the pillar of health, which is one of the key important elements that we have been talking about this whole year, which mm-hmm. is so key and so important way we have, we're working with scientific, you know, with, uh, with a physician, you know, who have been studying, you know, the human body for a long time and everything, but we're collaborating with them. We're also selling products, you know, which can help actually you or your, the human system or the human body. Then we have the pillar of education as well. Then we have the pillar of real estate. We actually plan actually to, to create, you know, properties which have this ability to, to heal people, you know, to vibrate the kind of materials we're going to use and create are going to impact the human body as well because we spend 80% of our time into our homes you know, and then and then creating properties which have uh, materials which, which can impact the human body with a specific vibration, and not only that, but also to be able to fulfill the 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 the, the issue of energy. You know, working with those magnet generator, but also being able to to produce your own food into that house because with whatever we're injecting to the human body as well. So basically, to 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 answer to all those big needs, just with the aspect of even real estate. And then we have um, the pillar of education, as I was telling, which is so important. This is exactly what we're doing. We're educating people with our own journey. And then the last pillar, which is um, foundation, where we actually invest into other projects as well, which has a, a futuristic vision to impact humanity on a, on, a, on a bigger level. So basically, this is the summary of the whole ecosystem. What was the big, juicy question that you asked yourself before starting this project? Man, like I have, I have the feeling that I've, you know, I've asked myself the deep question for a long time. Why am I here on earth? What is my purpose? What is, why am I here for? You know, and then doing this project, this project was an answer to that question. Like it was a combination of everything that I've been doing for a long time. The combination of, of the spiritual journey, the combination of the entrepreneurship, the combination of the mastery of myself. It's, it's a whole combination. So it's uh, actually the answer to most of my questions. This is how I want to do that. If people want to find out more about you and the Future X project, where can they find out more to, uh, about you and to become an X-man or an X-woman? Ah, definitely. I would love that. I love that. I will, I will use that again. Thank you for that. Dude. So basically, if you want guys to become an X-man or X-woman, basically what you, what you have to do, so you can actually um, follow me on, on social media, Emmanuel Imana. Uh, either on Facebook or on um, Instagram and also uh, the Future Holding on Instagram as well and follow also Simon Volk which is the, the CEO of, uh, of the of the FutureX you know uh, ecosystem and he's a such a genius actually if I can summarize that young man I would say he's a mix between Nikola Tesla the greatest genius of all time Elon Musk and Bruce Lee he's a combination of those three men and he's he's the he's the man who has given me fa- back faith in humanity and I knew that since the first moment I met this young man without even us being at that level of the project. But uh, yeah, follow this guy, follow FutureX, um, follow Future, the Future Holding on, on social media and there's more coming and you can come to, to, to me to ask more questions if you desire. Last question. For anybody who's looking to master their emotions or to mm-hmm. manifest their vision, wh- what would you suggest where they start or what they do? If I can keep actually one tool, you know, that, that was really beneficial for me in that, uh, in my journey is, um, is actually, you know, uh, I would say meditation, you know, even just for five minutes, this is how for me it started just five minutes. Like I didn't know what was meditation at that time. Like, like, like six, seven years ago, I didn't know what it was, but then I just tap on YouTube, like what is meditation? And then I started to listen to guided meditation. 
And when you do that, you actually quiet your mind. You don't have that chatter. And then when you can quiet your mind for a moment, for just a moment, you can actually start to find the answer that you have always been looking for inside of you. So this is one tool that I can give everybody, you know, to start with. And this is simple, you know, safe for what doesn't require a lot. And this is something that I would suggest everybody to start with. Yeah, man. Then you can start floating in a sea of emotions and change your relationship with what happens and realize exactly. you're going to be safe. You're going to be to a safe shore and it, maybe it's a beach and you chill and you change exactly. your relationship. That feeling like drowning, man. Definitely. Thanks so much Definitely. for being a guest on my podcast Thank and inspiring so people. I wish you all the best with manifesting your vision. It was great to catch up with Manuel. Looking forward. Take care of yourself and see you soon, my friend. If you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, share, and leave a comment. And if you're a coach or consultant and you want to scale your online business or maximize your productivity, check out the show notes to find out more about Philip and his coaching programs. Rent over.